G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast. Come and listen. The Apostle John, writing in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And Jesus talking about himself in John chapter 14. Trust in God, trust also in me. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in chapter 17 he talks, O God, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Most modern societies, particularly in the West, are pluralistic with many cultures within any city and country. And with this advent of pluralism comes the widely held belief that all religions, creeds and beliefs and non-beliefs are equal which all ultimately lead to God, and that after death, every person will enter heaven and have everlasting life with God. That is universalism, and sadly even some Christian churches have compromised and hold on to this belief. However, this universalism is contrary and contradictory to what Jesus said in the Bible passages I read earlier. Indeed, not just those passages, is very life. That is not to say that each religion and creed does not have an element of truth within it, but only one religion is ultimate and absolute truth, and that is Christianity. And as Christians in the 21st century, we are often informed that Christianity is wrong, and that Jesus Christ can't possibly be the only way to God, the only path to God, even if a God or gods, exist. And just a scant look at each religion throws up the incompatibility between them. For instance, the great monotheistic religions with one God, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, they all profess that there is only one God. Contrast this against the religion of Hinduism, which has thousands, if not millions, of God, or Buddhism, where there may well be no God at all. So universalism could really be just a form of functional religious atheism. And if we're all going to be with God anyway, why would God bother having a plan of salvation as revealed in the Bible? If universalism is true, why bother with morals or ethics now during this life, as each religion has different codes of morality and behaviour anyway? Now, as soon as a universalist says that moralist morality is what defines the human, as some do, we can then say, well, which God and therefore which religion decides what morality is right? Because different religions have different rules of morality and ethics. Taken even further, we could say, why would God even bother interacting with his creation at all if humanity and all of humanity is going to be spending eternity with him anyway. Why would there even be a thing called death at all, 
if universalism is true. So why is universalism wrong? Let's have a look very briefly together how superior Christianity, biblical Christianity, is to universalism. Firstly, universalism denies salvation by grace. Universal, universalists inevitably proclaim that it is due to God's nature of love and mercy that everyone, every human being that has ever lived, will eventually have everlasting life with God. Surely a merciful, loving God will allow all to live with him, regardless of the path they took in this life, this earthly life. However, the Bible states that while God is indeed a God of love and of mercy, he is also a God of justice, and the sins and wickedness of people needs to be dealt with. This is where God's grace comes in. How does God promise salvation to those reaching out for it? He reaches out through his unfailing love, kindness, and tender mercy, which is enacted through grace. Salvation can be attained by no other means, but only through the combination of God's loving mercy and his loving grace. God's twin actions working in unison. Without grace, there would be no mercy. Grace is easily defined as God's riches at Christ's expense. So what about Jesus Christ? Universalism goes on to deny Jesus' uniqueness of being fully human and fully divine. That Jesus was a man is not really disputed. But why did Jesus need to be fully human? Firstly, so Jesus' death could appease God's anger with humanity. Secondly, so that Jesus could empathize and pray for us. Then going on, Jesus exhibited true and perfect humanity. And that due to his perfect humanity, Jesus is to be our example to follow. Fifthly, it shows that true human nature is good. And that while God is both above and beyond humanity, he is not so far removed from us that he cannot interact with his creation. But Jesus Christ was more than human. He was also fully God, fully divine. God's salvation plan for humanity involved triumphant victory over sin, death and the grave. However, no person could be found that was eligible or capable to do this. And because of this, God stepped into human history so that this victory over sin and wickedness could be achieved. This God-man would need to be fully human so as to live every feature of humanity, including suffering and death. This God-man would also need to remain fully God so as to defeat sin, death and the grave. Jesus, being sinless, was this God-man, consisting as he did of two complete natures, the God-nature and the human nature. That Jesus is both human and divine is what makes biblical Christianity truly unique amongst the world's religions. It is why Jesus' claims to be the only way to God are true and make sense. It is why universalism 
is shown to be a fallacy. Universalism is wrong because it makes Jesus Christ out to be either a liar or a lunatic, or even worse, a lying lunatic. And then universalism goes on to deny Jesus' cross. As all paths under universalism lead to God, why would God have to send Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of the world? Surely if all paths lead ultimately to God, then there would be no need for Jesus to suffer the agony and the ignominy of the cross. On the cross, Jesus died so that all sins, past, present and future sins, can be forgiven. Salvation is to be found only through God's grace and mercy as exhibited by God the Son on the cross. Moreover, it is only to those who acknowledge him as saviour in his earthly life that he will acknowledge some time in the future before God the Father. And not only does it deny the cross, but universalism denies Jesus' resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ provided the central theme for the sermons and teaching in the early church. But what significance is there in Jesus' resurrection? The resurrection proved and vindicated all of Jesus' teaching and claims as a suffering servant, and this attested to his being fully God, fully man, and the last judge of all mankind. The resurrection declares God's approval of Jesus' obedient service and the fulfilment of all the Old Testament promises, resulting in forgiveness of sins and salvation being only found in and through Jesus Christ. Jesus' resurrection is a sign of the bodily resurrection for all believers in him, giving a new attitude to death and transforming hopes. And as the resurrected King, Jesus Christ now intercedes for us, and he has perfected the redemption of all those who choose to follow him, and only those who choose to follow him. And then universalism denies Jesus' authority. Jesus has authority, Matthew 28 verse 18, and John 17, over all things, all people, all circumstances and happenings, events. He has authority over all spiritual beings, whether angels or demons. Jesus has authority over all nations, governments and rulers. Jesus has authority over all earthly and spiritual authorities. Jesus has the authority over all religions, leaders and people. Jesus has the authority and the supremacy. This means, regardless of whatever we face as Christian disciples, Jesus Christ is in control. And therefore, as his disciples, we are to obey him without fear of retribution from those who would seek to harm us. We have been given a free will. But as his followers, we should choose to exercise our free will in order to obey him and live a life worthy of him. And as we grow to rely and depend on his authority, we continually gain wisdom, guidance and power. And because of his authority, Jesus has authority and supremacy over all things, created, non-created, religious and non-religious. Universalism would deny Jesus this authority. So, either Jesus was who he said he was, God, or he was a liar and a lunatic not to be trusted. Univer universalism and biblical Christianity are non-compatible. The Jesus of the Bible, and therefore Christianity, 
is uniquely superior to all other religions and beliefs encompassed in universalism. For more to think about, please do read John chapter 14, verse 1 to 6. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together? Question 1. How does my life of worship to Christ denounce the theory of universalism? Question 2. How does the call for me to be a witness for Jesus Christ affect views of universalism? Question 3. How have I witnessed universalism in my community and country? That's it for today. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you as a Christian disciple wherever you are in this world to live for Jesus Christ. Our books are also available on our Amazon site at www.pulptheology.com See you later!